passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. New CBS Monday. Federal agents! Hands where we can see them. NCIS Hawaii is back. New criminals to catch. Armed robbery, aggravated assault, murder. And new investigations to be solved. These guys were good, but even masters make mistakes. Vanessa Lachey and featuring LL Cool J. Violin Island, we got here. Welcome to paradise. A new NCIS Hawaii, Monday, 10, 9 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome into another episode of the Swamp 247 podcast. I am your host, Graham Hall, joined today by the wonderful Blake Alderman, who does a fantastic job covering all things recruiting, transfer portal, over at Swamp 247 for us. If you're not a member of Swamp 247, you're missing out on all of his insightful, valuable content daily, as well as a ton of other coverage of football, basketball, and soon baseball. But today we are here to discuss Florida's moves in the transfer portal. It has been a couple of weeks since we've had a podcast, and in that time since, There have been a flurry of moves over at the Florida football program. And Blake, thank you for joining me today and talk all things Gators. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so since we were last here, it's been early signing day where the Gators had 18 players added from either the high school or the JUCO level. They also announced uh, a a flurry of transfers as well, guys that they had recruited throughout that really minimal window there. And if you've been following the news, you've seen that Guys like Joey Slackman, several others have been added to this class here and are expected to be on campus with drop ad just right around the corner. If they haven't moved in, they're going to do so in the very, very near future as we record this Wednesday, January 10th in the morning here. Just Blake, what do you make of the transfers that Florida was able to add and announce on December 20th, early signing day? And how can they help fill some of those roster vacancies that we saw in that significant period? of attrition when the portal window opened. If you're following this today, 
Florida has seen 20 guys enter the portal. Uh, several others entered the NFL draft, and, and many of them have found landing spots. So there are certainly some vacancies that need to be filled here in Gainesville in the coming weeks, and Florida has already done some of that here in December. Just what do you make of the guys that Florida was able to add before the year turned to 2024? Yeah, you know, I, of the eight guys that they have uh, committed right now, um, four of those guys were part of that December early signing period haul. Um, guys like uh, Chimere DK. Uh, Triquez Bridges, Joey Slackman, and Brendan Crenshaw-Dixon. So um, starting with DK, you've got a wide receiver that has had some production. He's got one year left uh, in his 2022 season. Uh, that was under Graham Mertz, so they have some familiarity there. That was actually his best season at the college level where I think he was like ninth or 10th or something like that in the Big Ten um, in, in receivings, receiving yards, reception, something to that effect. So either way, his most productive year was that year in 2022 under Mertz. So you've got someone that has some familiarity. Bridges, I, I think whenever you look at just Florida's entire strategy with the portal, you look at what they've got overall in their class, it seems that safety was a big position for them, big area of focus. So you've got a guy in Bridges um, that has a lot of uh, excuse or um, has a lot of uh, experience rather um, there at that safety position. He's played some cornerbacks. So you've got a guy that has some length. Uh, 6'3", 198 is what he's listed at right now on, on 24-7 Sports. So you've got someone – and that's a like a tall, you know, kind of filled out frame for a big guy like that. Kind of looks like Jack Skellington, but just if Jack Skellington was really on like a really heavy like gym lift phase, that type of guy. So um, you've got someone that, again, safety being an area where you lose Miguel Mitchell, you lose Kamari Wilson to the portal. You've got two young guys in Jordan Castell uh, and Bryce Thornton. Who, who made some plays, got a lot of burn as, as freshmen. But you want to bring in some guys that have that experience, someone like Bridges, who's got one year, another guy in DJ Douglas, who wasn't quite announced there in that December window, um, but someone that they later added. So you've got two guys that, A, have experience, but you've got two guys that have one year left to play. So you're not exactly bogging down your roster with some of these older guys. You're getting someone in there that has one year, it kind of bridges the gap to some young, talented guys that Florida's excited about, like Thornton and like Castell. Uh, Joey Slackman, a guy that was really productive at Penn at the Ivy League level, got a lot of Ivy League accolades. So you've got someone that can play that five-technique defensive end, someone that can slide into the three-technique. So you've got someone that has the experience. Um, you've got someone that has some production, a little versatility there on the defensive line. So, um, And then Brendan Crenshaw-Dixon, a guy that's played left tackle. He's played right tackle. He's played a lot of snaps there uh, at the, uh, the Mountain West Conference. So you've got a guy that in offensive tackle, an area where Florida – has really wanted to get better. They've wanted to improve some depth. They've wanted to get some experience, and they really checked off all those boxes with a guy like uh, Brandon Crenshaw-Dixon. Yeah, we caught up with Brandon when he was leaving his visit. You know, you mentioned the tackle spot for Florida. Uh, the right side of the line looks like it could be entirely rebuilt. Florida obviously lost Micah Mazuka to the transfer portal, and, and maybe they end up sliding Damian George inside. Who knows what they end up doing there? But it was clear that a veteran – with experience playing at tackle was needed for this roster. And, and they go out and do that in Crenshaw Dixon. Uh, you mentioned Slackman as well, a guy who can play five technique. I mean, that is something that is going to need it to be kind of bridge the gap before some of these younger guys are really able to play uh, a high amount of snaps at that position. You know, one of them being, I think eventually LJ McCray. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that from year one, but I think that that is certainly in his future there. So having veteran experience at those slots was certainly needed for the Gators, and, and they went out that and did that in the transfer portal. You know, you mentioned Chimiri DK. You know, Florida is really high on the chances that that connection between Mertz and DK will lead to a resurgence 
in production for him. And, and certainly the receiver position was one that they would like to have gotten a little more depth in the portal window. You lose Ricky Pearsall to the NFL draft. You look at who landed elsewhere. Caleb Douglas ends up going to Texas Tech here. You know, last year they lost Xavier Henderson. That's a lot of production from this offense over the last couple of years. And they're certainly counting on some of these guys having a similar increase in production next year now that they have new spots here in Gainesville. And of course, you return guys like Eugene Wilson, the third, Andy Jean. You get Aiden Mizell back for a second year as well. Certainly a lot of guys on this roster. And, and we'll see what happens, you know, if Jaquavion Frazier's and Marcus Burke are able to take a leap as well here next season. But regardless, you want to have experience there at wideout. And Florida was able to do that by landing DK. You know, we had talked about Triquez Bridges as well. That was a guy that you've seen on campus multiple times under previous regimes. He was on campus when Jim McElwain was here even. I think he was, what, 15 years old at the time and then returned to campus when Dan Mullen took over. And now he finds himself playing for Florida's next coach. And I think that that is absolutely a guy who had a lot of familiarity with the Florida program and they were able to seal that deal pretty quickly here after he visited campus. But now the year has turned to 2024. Florida right now is in the middle of a little small, what, five-day no contact period where they can reorganize and, and reach out to some players that they're trying to get here on campus um, and, and schedule those visits here in the coming days. But as you saw, when they were able to take advantage of that first week of January, Florida has landed four transfers since the year turned to 2024. We caught up with, I think, all of them over at Swamp 247. So if you want to read more of what they have to say, go to Swamp 247, check out the content because certainly these sound like some guys with, with potential, maybe not as much production at the collegiate level, but we've seen, you know, like I said, players make leaps before. So I don't think it should necessarily be discounted because they may lack the overall experience coming into Gainesville. But Blake, over this last busy week, just what do you make of Florida's moves as they continue to add to the roster now that we're in 2024? You know, I think you continue to see them address those areas that, that they wanted to get better. Again, safety was one I mentioned. You bring in a guy like uh, DJ Douglas um, there from Tulane who's had some production. And I think you've got a guy that he started off as a walk-on in Alabama. I think he signed there out of the 2019 class, uh, spent a year or two there, eventually transferred to Tulane um, and, con and continued over the 2021 season, 2022 season, and 23 season. Um, just got better every year. You've got a guy, again, that's got that one year left to play, someone that bridges the gap there between those young safeties that Florida has. But he's not even the only guy that Florida's really still targeting. I mean, you had them see, you, you saw them last week bring in a guy like Ian Banks from South Alabama, another guy who had a really, really good 2022 season. I think he had six interceptions, something that effect. Had a really good season in 2022, either way. A little step back in 23, but you've just seen the production overall. Another guy that I believe has one year left, closing in on, uh, on uh, his, his graduation. Um, so again, safety seems to be a position and even a guy that potentially could visit this weekend that we've mentioned on Swamp 24-7 and Jaron Thompson, uh, safety out of Texas. Florida's looking at, at possibly hosting him this weekend. So you just continue to see Florida, even with two safeties there in the fold in their commitment class. Um, both of those guys have already enrolled in Bridges and in Douglas. And here they are still trying to, you know, look at more potential guys there in the safety position. So you know, Devin Manuel, another offensive tackle who has some 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 experience, 
maybe not what the experience level of what uh, Brandon Crenshaw Dixon has, but a guy that was penciled in as being the starter for Arkansas this past season, dealt with an injury, um, eventually bounced back, and I think started like the last three or four games of the season there for Arkansas. So you don't have a guy that necessarily has one year left, but you've got a guy with some SEC experience. You've got a guy that was thought of, and you know Sam Pittman, the off- uh, the uh, the head coach at uh, at Arkansas, who has extensive experience of being an offensive line coach. A guy that you know I always see. You know if you if you've got a quarterback that's being recruited by a guy like Lincoln Riley, or you've got an offensive lineman that's been looked at by a guy like Sam Pittman, and you know those guys that just kind of fit that that mold of you know they really know their position. Um, you know I, I think Devin Manuel is a guy that you really like a lot of. of. You know six nine three ten is what he's listed, so he kind of fits that monster from from Space Jam type of fit that Florida likes on the offensive line there. I think the most interesting one to me, and he seems kind of like a lotto ticket type of guy, is George Gums. He's an edge defender there um, out of Northern uh, out of Northern Illinois, I believe is the school he's at. He was committed to Cincinnati heading into his official visit to Florida this past week. Uh, they ended up flipping him, a guy that's 6'4", 242. Um, so he's got some size there at that jack edge rusher type of stand-up position that Florida's really – Kind of thin at, you know, if you look at what they've got roster-wise, you know, you lose Princely Umami Ellen, uh, he enter, enters the transfer portal, ended up at Ole Miss. You return a guy like TJ Searcy, who did flash as a freshman, but he is a freshman, he's, he's young, so you've still got some development there. You've added Quincy Ivory this past cycle there out of the JUCO, but a guy that really hasn't had any, any game-time experience. Are there some guys, I guess the big question for me is, are there some guys that have some experience there at Jack? Because Florida – kind of falls that jack position falls under the umbrella of of the edge room under mike peterson so you've got guys that play the f position which is basically a strong side defensive end you've got guys that play that jack position which is kind of your weak side defensive end are there some guys that can cross train between those two positions to add to that depth there so you needed at least needed one I, i think that maybe two would be good for florida at that jack position so you've got a guy in george gums who's got the frame uh, was actually a wide receiver out of high school. I believe he played tight end his first two years there at Northern Illinois. This past season was his first season as kind of that stand-up edge rusher, defensive end type of guy for Northern Illinois and really had a good season put together. But I think from what I've heard of Florida is they've got a guy that they think still has a lot of upside, still a lot of development left there. So they seem to be one of those guys – he seems to be one of those guys in their eyes that to where they maybe got a little bit of a diamond in a rough. Um, so I kind of tab him as one of those, you know, lotto ticket guys. You're either going to, you know, scratch off the winning numbers and it's going to be a big hit heading in this season, or you're going to need a guy that's going to need a little bit more seasoning to kind of take that jump to a, to a level like the SEC. And I mentioned DJ Douglas, a guy in safety position, kind of bridges the gap again. Um, Grayson Howard, I think, is another one that's pretty interesting to me because, you know, he's a familiar name to Florida fans. He was recruited by Billy Napier and his staff out of the 2023 cycle. Uh, was actually uh, Florida always had seemed to be kind of playing catch up with him. Uh, he ended up at South Carolina out of high school, signed there, played this past season. I think he had 19 tackles for the Gamecocks this past season as a true freshman. So a guy that's familiar with the staff, a guy that's familiar with Florida. He's right from up the road in Jacksonville. Um, entered the portal there on the last day for underclassmen to enter there on January 2nd. A couple days later, um, committed to Florida. So you've got a guy that it's kind of a uh, an area to where Florida really wanted to address that linebacker linebacker position in 2024. You bring in Miles Graham, you bring in Aaron Childs, you lost to Darius Hayes when he flipped to Miami, but you still add a guy that's kind of still more of a high school guy, I guess, so more so than like an experienced college guy um, in, in Grayson Howard. So you, you really like what Florida did there at that linebacker position, mixing in a guy like Howard 
uh, with those two guys uh, in, in Childs and, and uh, Miles Graham that really played well in the Under Armour All-American game. Uh, Child, or excuse me, Childs will be there in June as a, as a summer enrollee, but you've got Miles Graham there in, in for the spring semester, so you can really see what guys like uh, Graham and what pa- and, uh, and what uh, Howard are going to be able to do for Florida there uh, this spring. So you, you really added some bodies there that that actually can play really well and show a lot of upside themselves. So I'm interested to see how the linebacker position shakes out for them this uh, this spring season. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Spring training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Yeah, you caught up with Giles at the Under Armour All-American uh, Media Day session, and he said that he didn't feel like Florida's staff was worried about him being a, a June enrollee as a hindrance to him being able to see the field potentially this season, and we've seen previous players do that. Uh, it certainly is a difficult task when you you know factor in just how much they're going to have to learn in that quick two-and-a-half-month span. But, you know, you saw his frame certainly looks like he's physically ready to compete. I think it's whether he knows an abundance of the playbook and and how ready he is and how much trust they can put in him. You know, Grayson Howard, I think, sums up why you recruit guys as thoroughly as you do to the end of the cycle. Maintain those relationships because you never know when they're going to enter the portal and be someone that you may look to add or have a chance at getting if you miss out on them in the first time around. And, and I think that that was a huge pickup for the Gators. A lot of people figured when he entered the portal that Florida would be his landing spot. And, and that was kind of the ones that, you know, seemed very, very, and not to say obvious really, but it just made a whole bunch of sense given Florida's needs and given how close the Gators were in his recruitment down the end. But when it comes to a guy like George Gums, maybe it's just me here, but I think that that kind of sums up a lot of Florida's transfer portal move philosophy right now, potential, but you really don't know how well they're going to, you know, pan out here in a sense here. We're not, we haven't really seen too many of the big names that Florida has been in contention with, you know, they, they've landed some top 50 guys in the portal rankings, certainly, but this is not a class that right now has, I think you can said, you know, deserved a lot of praise for its portal moves. I believe right now sits at number 31, overall in the transfer portal rankings by 247 sports so certainly the gators will like to add more their you know talent there and make up some ground there in the coming weeks here 
We know that they're going to have junior days on campus. They're going to continue to host visitors down the stretch here before we get into signing day. What positions, Blake, in your mind, do you think Florida still needs to identify? Who could you see them from a position standpoint go after? From a quarterback standpoint, to me, before I let you dive into this, I think that they still can add a signal caller to that room. You obviously return Graham Mertz and DJ Lagway. I, I think Parker Wise is, is still going to be on campus next season as a walk-on. You add another preferred walk-on in Aiden Warner, the guy you know committed, a Winter Park native, was at Yale. Now he enters the portal, took an unofficial visit to Florida, ends up committing uh, a few days after that visit. But still, in my opinion, I think you can add another signal caller, maybe a guy with a little bit more experience similar to the move of Michael Leon that Florida did last year because you know he he's not on this roster anymore neither is Jack Miller neither is Max Brown this is certainly in my opinion a quarterback room that could get a little bit more depth even though you clearly have a a one and two you know duo right there in Mertz and Lagway going into next season but outside of quarterback where do you think Florida is going to target you no, know, quarterback was going to be one of my answers, and we've seen Florida at least attempt or or have hosted some of those quarterbacks. But the majority of those guys have been PWO types. You know, those are guys that eventually could be moved on to scholarship. But you know, as much as Lagway, you liked all the things that he's done as a senior, the development he showed there. I mean, you could still be one injury away from playing a true freshman in a, in a really tough SEC schedule. So, um, you know, I, I think wide receiver is one of those areas to where they have DK in there, but you saw that last week in there uh, before the, uh, the transfer portal uh, contact visitor period closed there where Florida tried to bring in Malik Benson, uh, the former Alabama wide receiver who eventually committed to Florida state. Uh, you saw them host CJ Douglas who visited Auburn, Florida and uh, Texas in that stretch there uh, this past Friday through Sunday um, still is one of the uh, lone uncommitted guys there as far as top portal guys there, the former Liberty wide receiver. Um, going back to Liberty is still on the table for him. That's still an option for him. Um, he's planning at this point uh, tentatively, I guess, because the portal the schedule is so crazy and visits change. You know, Miami could be getting on campus this coming up weekend when things open back up. Arizona is another present, uh, potential visit for him. I think ideally from what we've heard is uh, the 15th is, is ideally when he wants to have that decision made. So, um, Texas has a lot of buzz coming out of that visit there, but again, you've got a guy that's taking some trips still, um, a lot going on there. So I, I, it seems that wide receiver is one of those areas, but I don't know if it's one to where, you know, if you aren't able to land a CJ Douglas, do any other names potentially pop up as far as candidates to visit this weekend? You know, I mentioned, uh, Jaron Thompson, that Texas, former Texas safety, you know, safety seems like an area where Florida's still still being active, and that's obvious. From, you know, when you're hosting a guy on campus this weekend, I think corner they'd like to at least get one guy in there. They're still kind of vetting, uh, you know, names in the portal and, and seeing what they can do there. So um, I, at this point, you know, it, it kind of depends on which guys you can get on campus. I think because you look on paper, I mean, there's areas where Florida could still add some guys. You know, would would any Florida fan be mad for another offensive tackle? Would any Florida fan be mad for another wide receiver, another edge guy there at that jack position? Um, again, safety, I think, is an area where it's pretty safe to say they're going to, you know, address some guys or at least attempt to. I think corner, you'd like to add one more if you're able to. Um, but, you know, just kind of top to bottom, I think that Florida's roster, just being as young as, as it is, um, in, in need of talent infusion, whether that be just kind of a certified – you know, baller type stud player that's maybe got some years to play or someone that's a very good player with maybe one year, two years left that has that experience level. So uh, at this point, I have one guy that I'm expecting in this weekend, but 
we'll see because these portal visits pop up and change like crazy. Um, so, you know, I, I think that Florida, you'd like to see them be active still, but we'll see because, you know, like I said, there's really no visits left. But, and I think it's also, it's not like Florida staff is just sitting around kind of like, you know, throwing pencils up into the roof. You know, there is a coaching convention this week in Nashville. A lot of uh, staff members are out there kind of like from around the country. They go and meet at this convention there in Nashville. So a lot of people have been out of the offices. It's not like they're not working or anything to that effect, but you're a lot less productive whenever you've got things going on compared to sitting at your desk or sitting, you know, in the, in the war room type situation. So I think that you'll see things start to come together, whether that be any other portal visitors pop up in this at this point, because, you know, there still is a couple weeks left to get some of these guys left um, that are uncommitted or target types um, on campus potentially for this upcoming spring. And Florida's also got those junior days upcoming these next several weekends before uh, before the February uh, National Signing Day for 2024. So we'll see. There, there could potentially be some more visitors. At this point, like I said, I've only got one on my radar. But, you know, I'm interested to see if they continue to be active there, whether it be a quarterback, any other positions out there. Yeah, this may be my opinion here, but I think a lot of these portal visits, you don't find out really until, you know, 24 hours before who is coming on campus. And, and part of that is by design, because when you're going after talent and you want to make sure that they make it to, to Gainesville, you don't want them going anywhere else, of course. And when they come out two, three days in advance, it can maybe hinder that effort. So Florida's coaching staff has obviously, I think, been a little bit strategic with the information release and, and when they even tell transfer prospects to announce that they're coming to Gainesville or even have picked up an offer, because that is part of the process here in the strategy in getting guys to your campus. But certainly we will have the information. Once we know players who are on campus for visits, make sure you stay tuned to swamp247.com for that. Blake, like I said, does a fantastic job providing that information. We'll have analysis as well of Florida's roster moves. I know that Jacob Rudner right now is doing a deep dive into the freshman that Florida is adding and, and some of the transfers and what to expect. So make sure you check that out as well. Like I said, a lot more information coming. And also, you know, Florida is looking towards the future. You have to recruit the 2025 class and beyond as well at this time. And junior days are beginning on campus starting Saturday. So look out for that information as well. And I am certain that we will back be back very soon with another episode of the Swamp 247 podcast as signing day approaches in that first week of February. Again, stay tuned to swamp247.com. And for Graham Hall and Blake Alderman, I will see you next time.